Hello and welcome to episode 13, season three of Teaching Here and There, the podcast about hybrid teaching in higher education. I'm Dom. I'm Ivan. And I'm James. Welcome back. And on today's episode, we are returning to our conversation with students from City University of London and the University of West London, where we explore a little further on with their experiences of uh, hybrid teaching, hybrid learning as well. So let's go straight back into the conversation and pick up where we left off in episode 12. Thank you very much, Ketty. It's a really interesting point to make. I, I think what's come out of your recent responses, all of you, is this idea of uh, on top of transferable skills is this idea of the importance of relationships with not just your academic, but also your fellow students and how you build on that online and then cement that in person if you have that opportunity. Um, there's also something around trust uh, and, and I wonder whether the, the experience you will have is coming from a postgraduate experience. Uh, certainly the initial research that we did, it seemed to be that hybrid was more, seemed to be more effective for postgraduate courses. So it's talking about people's responsibility for their own learning, as Ketty talked about, and this this idea of maturity, uh, bringing in previous experience, as Marco's talked about. Um, but also... Um, I think something we, we do need to touch on um, is your views about hybrid teaching, hybrid learning and inclusivity. And at City University, we use the, the term ILA, I-S-L-A, Inclusive Synchronous Learning Activities. Um, and the reason for that was to try and come up with something uh, that would be part of everyone's shared vocabulary to explain a bit more about what we mean by hybrid teaching and the importance of inclusivity. So we're giving equal access to students for opportunities, uh, resources. Um, Marco talked about access to online library material or not, so that people aren't excluded or marginalised. Um, people might have physical disability reasons for not being able to go on campus. So what's their experience going to be like compared to those on campus and, and other minority groups? So it's really interesting to, to hear from anyone who whoever wants to go first. To what do you think about inclusivity access uh, as part of this hybrid experience, whether it's from your own point of view or, or, or friends or fellow students? Yes, um, I don't have a lot of perspective in terms of physical disability thankfully, but um, I can speak to other sort of inclusive uh, inclusiveness based on location of the student, uh, geographic location and economic means, um, because it's not just studying, it's also being able to apply and had this experience in the past where I had to go to neighboring countries in order to just write a standardized test to then apply to um, uh, be admitted to a university. So I think thankfully with the pandemic that has also changed and a lot of these tests have now become online. Um, so I think shifting everything that was previously in person without good reason um, to online uh, mode, I think will help a lot of people with inclusivity. Uh, I know that it's, yeah, um, all, all differences. I, I understand that, but it's, it's also an economic background. I think that that matters because when you're applying and you 
are, uh, you know, are applying with aid, that aid only kicks in after you, you're admitted. And until you're admitted, there are formidable costs and difficulties for people, for certain people to get to that point where you can be admitted to education. So I think that can be resolved with this and can result in valuable diversity in universities. Um, and, and I think the, the idea of inclusivity is, uh, you know, that, that can stretch towards an opportunity for someone to speak as opposed to someone who may have a physical uh, reason for not being able to attend on campus. And and I, I remember from in a previous answer for her, you were talking about being encouraged to take part and to draw in. And, and if, if someone in the class is teaching and looking at those in the room and not at the screens where you are with this, the gallery view as we've got here, um, that must be quite difficult. Laura, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, I think I just wanted to add to that as well. Um, we are all different. So we have some extroverts and some introverts and sometimes the, the, the characters, maybe they have difficulties in speaking up and then automatically they don't get included or cannot be part of that. And I feel like we have to do still a little bit more because like, like you said, we are now sharing uh, our, our faces with each other. So we can see that, but mm. if uh, in an online meeting, you just have the name, it, it's very difficult to see certain cues of that person if he understands, if she understands, or if maybe it's just the person that doesn't speak much, it's very yeah. difficult to identify those people. So again, I think it's on the facilitator to uh, uh, to probe those those uh, uh, students and and uh, also give them the chance to speak. I think what's really interesting is uh, as you're speaking, I can see your hands. So for the benefit of people listening on the podcast, I can see your hands gesticulating as you're expressing yourself, which is what we would see in person in the room. Uh, and sometimes stepping back from the camera on your laptop or whatever, so people can see a bit more of you. That, that, that's I'm getting clues. I'm, I'm, I'm getting uh, that you're quite uh, passionate about what you're saying, and that's that's really important. Has anyone else got a view on this idea of this notion of inclusivity, or whether your experiences of maybe felt you felt Michael? excluded? Yeah, I, I would like to add a few things. You know, of course, there's uh, let's call it economical status or something which is uh, affecting a lot. I'm, I'm, I believe in in many countries, uh, whereas you know here in Finland, this problem is solved by uh, free education. So you know uh, you can go to the University of Applied Sciences, or you can go to the university, or you can go to any school, and it's uh, free of charge. And uh, only thing that you you pay is your study books and if you don't have money to buy them then you will be supported and you will get them and uh, i think that is of course something special when you go to us or uk or or many other countries mm. uh, which is then making this really accessible for anybody of course it's not so easy to get into the university because of, of the, uh, you know, uh, the, there are many, many people queuing to those, uh, to law school, for example, or uh, the medical doctor or, or so on. But that, of course, opens these doors uh, to many, many people. And then when it comes to the uh, hybrid or online training, uh, then also that is then making our 
fairly big country comparing, of course, to, to UK. We're about the same size. Uh, if we're comparing ourselves to US, we're quite small. But anyway, I, at least today, I feel that this is fairly big country because I'm driving this 1,110 <laughs> kilometers today. So, you know, if that's your school trip, it's fairly uh, unreasonable. And of course, some cost is involved. Yeah, government is supporting even that mm. transportation and uh, living cost. But still, you know, uh, we are running some some courses at the airport at the moment. And, you know, uh, we have a hybrid, we have online, we have all this, which is making it possible. But for example, I, I, what I want to lift here, which is, of course, a different topic. But uh, if we think about Forod and myself, and even as well, uh, we became somehow, you know, friends. And we didn't do that over the, the chats and, and emails and uh, cameras. But because we were in the same classroom, we can, we can see each other, we can taste, we can feel, you can smell, you can, you know, you see this all and then you go out for beer, you, you chit chat, you, you either like a person or you don't. We're still just humans. So no digital technology can, can no. replace that uh, important part of us. Yeah. Still. Really good points. Thank you, Marco. Uh, Rob, you, you've got um, uh, quite an interesting perspective on this as a student and, and as an academic delivering hybrid teaching. What, what are your views on, on this subject of inclusivity? So I think it is it has the potential to make access to learning and teaching much more democratic. And certainly for the institutions that I work for, there are teachers that are able to teach the subjects they do um, through online tools that they would never be able to do in person. So it's kind of uh, improved the student experience as well as the employment opportunities for the teacher in kind of making that access uh, more widely available. Um, and I'm interested in your experience as a student as well uh, in terms of this idea of how people are, are included, particularly those online, when perhaps you've been in the classroom. What, what have you noticed? What, what have you seen? What have, what, have, what have you picked up on? So I think as a student, the online experience is actually a great leveller because it, it often the sort of randomised approach to putting people in breakout groups, for example, means that you don't keep working with the same people that you bonded with on the first day or the group of people that you know you sit with because you look like them or you do the same job or you always arrive at the same time so it's uh, it kind of forces a level of collaboration between the people in the room uh, in a way that probably they wouldn't choose and I think that actually um, is a great uh, element of the experience because it forces you out of your comfort zone and it forces yeah. you to to be inclusive yeah. as as teachers, as classmates, you know, as, as colleagues, uh, it kind of takes away any opportunity that you have to just sort of pick favourites. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And um, something that Ketty, you said earlier on about the impact of hybrid learning and teaching on your commercial or your business experience, particularly with meetings. Um, and Rob, as you say, it's like a leveller and, and meetings can start and finish on time um, a lot more easily there's a lot less distractions. Um, Eureka, I, I, I need to come to you because we, we, we haven't uh, asked you your, your thoughts on this idea of 
what did what has your experience been of of inclusivity in this hybrid learning experience uh so if i had to talk about like uh, inclusivity i would i personally felt that the level of inclusivity has gone up because like if i say that a student who cannot attend for suppose for some reason on campus and uh, they just have to then like if if it was not hybrid and just recorded videos for them. So they just had to sit through those recordings and they didn't have any chance to ask any follow-up questions in the process they might have while they're attending the lectures or uh, maybe, you know, share their opinion or have discussions with other people in the class or other course mates. So I feel like with hybrid teaching, that inclusivity has come in place so that online and offline students can be coupled up together. And uh, um, I think, Personally, I feel sometimes it's a common thing, like uh, if it's about accessibility, maybe not everyone has sometimes the right device setup or that strong network connectivity uh, that sometimes can cause an issue and a student might have to miss the lecture altogether. Of course, mm -hmm. they can go back to the recording, but I think in certain extent, if they are pros, they are cons as well. But uh, as like we would definitely like to, you know, like focus more on pros and learn from cons and then, you know, improve to uh, make the experience much better. So I think, yeah, that's my point of view. And another quick point that I wanted to add here, if you don't mind uh, me doing that, was uh, that earlier to pandemic, we saw that there were a couple of colleges and universities who were promoting the online lecture, sorry online courses or programs which students or prospective students were not confident to go ahead with because they were not sure how good it was it would be or what would be the quality of it but after having experienced the hybrid teaching or attending the lectures online they might be more confident in the future to go ahead with it because it not only saves a lot of time resources but also is quite flexible and you know allows you to be in several rooms all at, at the same time without wasting the time and make you more productive like make your day or mm. easy for you to maintain your schedule that's that's a really good point uh very interesting and, and i think this idea of the future the future of hybrid teaching and learning and our guests in previous podcasts on teaching here and there have talked about it settling down after the pandemic or ap as ivan calls it and there will be specific courses and modules that are hybrid because that works really well for that set of students, for that course, for providing opportunities for international students, whether you're stuck in Helsinki or you're, you're in Luxembourg and you can't catch a train or wherever you are, um, lots of opportunities rather than it's being a compromise or a, a make and do type approach. And I think that's, that's probably the stage where we are now. Yeah, I just wanted to say this is uh, what uh, Urika has said. It's a great point. It's an enabler for people, even from specific industries, to to study uh, and to bring the the real life problems in the in the studies themselves. I'm I'm drawing on this point on on maybe Farah and and Marco's examples of masters and and, and uh, PhD students that can bring relevant questions from aviation into the part-time program, online distance learning. Uh, and this is something that industries uh, are adding to the academia and we don't have to, to figure out what to research because people know what to research because they're coming from the industry. Uh, and, and alongside that, a really interesting point that Fora made earlier on as well, um, and Rob was thinking about, is, is this idea of uh, relationships, but personality types? Uh, if you're an extrovert, 
the odors you might get on a bit more you might be more confident with this but it's an opportunity for introverted people as well and i'm not drawing a binary line there but uh there's a lot more to think about than just whether your internet connection is any good and i think Ulrika makes the the interesting point there that um overall the level of inclusivity has generally gone up uh with this uh, greater move towards uh, our, our different hybrid teaching contexts. Um, I'm going to wrap up with our final question for you all. It's been a fascinating conversation with uh, with everybody so far. Um, now, you've all had different degrees of experience with uh, hybrid teaching. You may have been in the room while some students are online. You may have been online while some students were in the room. Uh, you may have had um, people teaching online while you're in the room, etc. Looking back on the experience that you had, uh, I'd like you to imagine that uh, a friend of yours, uh, a fellow student who has never experienced a hybrid learning context, you know, in room and online at the same time, you know, comes to you for some advice. So based on the experiences that you've had, what kind of advice would you give them to allow them to make the most of uh, a hybrid learning um, opportunity or, or situation? Well, I would summarize it in three directions of, of assessing um, any opportunity, hybrid learning opportunity that comes up. So first of all, it's obviously knowledge. Everyone wants to do um, a, a master's or a bachelor's or a PhD or, or whatever postgraduate degree for, for education. Um, in that sense, I would urge fellow students to explore the uh, resources available in the university. We've mentioned library before. Uh, that's key. Uh, also, how accessible are the uh, teachers and how much support is available beyond uh, professors. So, for example, at CT, we had a lot of courses and modules and additional TAs teaching us um, different types of um, modules like writing or research. So that's very important. Another aspect is, of course, the status that any postgraduate or even bachelor education brings. So it's this is an investment for the future. And um, I think it's uh, the pandemic has taken away this lesser status of online learning where we would get like e-diplomas and people would not regard that as um, equally valuable as the in-person studying. So um, having that different branding is important. So paying attention to how the course is marketed and presented and how it can be included in your CV and so on is important. And the third is also to have those in-person opportunities because um, getting a degree is not just about getting a paper or more knowledge in a subject. Um, it's about having a network and expanding that one network. So that's also a part of the feedback that I gave to City is to have certain events, especially for international students, to come in and get to know each other and the professors. And that's, I think, key. And it's a very important part of any um, educational process. So those three things. Thank you, Katie. There's some uh, solid advice for uh, anybody looking to enter higher education there as well. So again, thinking about uh, a student who maybe a friend of yours who is uh, going into a hybrid class next week and uh, they, they lean on you and they say what was the last thing like what do i need to what do i need to do what do i need to think about before i go in next uh, maybe um Ulrika. first i'll say for the online students i think the one most important thing is to make sure that when you are taking the note of the lecture timings 
you should be mindful of the time zone difference if you are situated in another country or another continent per se or as there's a high chance that you might miss the lecture so that would be one advice or suggestion for an online student uh, for students who are attending in person or offline students i'll say that uh, you know make sure that you are not forgetting your online counterparts if they are facing any issues being communication with them so for suppose if you are on whatsapp we had a whatsapp group so we were attending in person and there are a couple of students who were online so then sometimes if they were not able to log into the zoom or they were facing any issues they would just write up or message us on whatsapp and then we would make the uh, course management or professor about uh, aware about the situation and then they can sort these things out so i think for the offline students they can act as a voice in classroom for the people who are attending online and um, apart from this i'll say most important thing is to respect everyone is just uh, you know whether online or offline you need to respect that everything sometimes cannot flow naturally and you need to be resourceful and helpful rather than blaming or pointing someone, you know, just be respectful and helpful, I would say. Very uh, practical points there, Richard. Uh, I, I wish more people had heard that very la that last point as well. Ivan, did you want to come in on that point? As they say in aviation, put yourself mask first, then help next person. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Rob, a friend of yours is just about to go into a hybrid class for the first time. What advice do you give them? Uh, I'm going to suggest he or she does what I say and not what I do by uh, being prepared with their technology and arriving a few minutes early, neither of which I did for this meeting today. But I think, um, you know, not scheduling the thing before right up until the last minute before the class starts, you know, giving yourself 15 minutes to uh, you know, get your space ready, um, get your lighting set up if that's needed, getting a glass of water, making sure that you've got your password and that you've downloaded the latest version of Zoom or Teams or whatever software you're you're using so that you're ready to start and you're kind of relaxed and confident right at the beginning. And there is something I think about being I'm just being on time generally, but especially when you're in person and you've sort of made the effort to travel what might be you know an hour or more to get to the classroom when you're waiting for people to join online that feels especially irritating you know when they haven't kind of just prepared for a minute in advance for the journey that you've just spent you know taking an hour to do so I think just treating it like it's a, a proper in-person meeting that you just happen to be attending in a room in your house uh, is a, a good starting point excellent points and uh, if if only more people took up that very uh, very advice Rob, <laughs> including <you>. me <laughs> <laughs> not the point i was trying to make but uh, thank you all the same uh for all, let me come to you next yeah just add to by exception to what uh, the other team members already said um, i think of course preparation both for hybrid and online uh, learning is required in advance and also i think uh, we shouldn't be or this the student shouldn't be scared of failing I think we should also accept that it's okay to fail because uh, we are all in this together and nobody is judging us if you say something maybe a wrong sentence or uh, don't speak up loud and uh, yeah I think that's the advice I would give to um, my fellow students. Very sad words there indeed. Uh, Marco looks like you get the final word. That's always nice you know. Uh, <laughs> the start and the end. 
Um, I think almost everything is already said, but uh, maybe just, you know, the uh, simple thing that, you know, um, every course is having some kind of a course material, which is maybe a study a guide or, or something and uh, hybrid or online or whatever. It's always a good idea to read that study guide to know what you're expecting, what you are supposed to see and hear and, and, and also what you're supposed to do because it's probably not just sitting and listening, like sitting in the, on the bus. Uh, interaction is, is expected. So please prepare yourself, read your study guide, and, uh, and then follow those uh, good advices that uh, our team members already mentioned. Thank you, Marco. Thank you all very much indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you all ever so much. Thank you very much. It's been a, a fascinating discussion and really interesting to hear your points of view. Um, quite honestly, I think we could have talked longer and there's things I'd like to pick out, but we don't want to um, press home our advantage too much. Has anyone got any final comments, final thoughts they want to throw out there? Or stay silent forever. Um, thanks so much. It's been really interesting. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, nice Rob. Nice to have you around. Very much for coming. Excellent. Yeah, thank Bye. you. Thank you very much. I think I need to hit the road as well. Uh, I'm two hours ahead of you guys and still. But have... come on, your day lasts until midnight. What is the deal? <laughs> have a safe, have a safe trip. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so very much, much Ketty. Thank you very much, Eureka. Thank thanks, Farah. Thanks, Ketty. Thanks, Uri. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we come to the end of our discussion with our student panel, and uh, this certainly has been a long time coming, but it's been very, very much worth the wait, uh, I think. Um, I'm delighted that we've been able to have this conversation. We've had students from many different locations joining us in both mm. of these episodes. Yeah. Um, Dan, let me turn to you first. What was your uh, your takeaway, your, your, your key reflection from... The, the second half of our conversation today. Yeah, Dominic, thank you for, for uh, inviting me to just share with you what I found in this particular discussion. But before I say that, I'd love to really extend our uh, thanks to all who participated in the recording of this episode. Talking about what I have taken away from the three questions that we have covered in this episode, I'd love to reflect on the point made uh, about the failing online. The life today is very harsh. We want to be perfect. Uh, we have all these uh, outside images of us in different social medias. But classroom is a safe environment. And what I think Farah mentioned uh, aligns nicely with what we have heard already from the academics, I think in episode six by Cecilia, that said the, exactly the same thing for the academics. So basically, I think it's really important for everyone in this hybrid environment to understand that we are, no one is home there, and that's fine. If you fail, if you if you say something that hasn't come across properly, you reiterate, and you are going to be good to continue. How about you, James? Have you had any favorite uh, insight from these three questions that probably and are covering situations after being exposed to hybrid? Thinking about our student panel, um, one key takeaway I'd take from Rob, uh, but also from Eureka, was this idea of being prepared for 
uh, you know, they were talking about giving advice to a student who was going to be new to a hybrid teaching. Um, and the, the no nonsense advice was to make sure you're set up, make sure you've got your tech upgraded, uh, your microphones connected, that you don't create stress for yourself by not being ready when the class starts, but also turning up on time rather than dropping in late. And, and I think that's that's a way of sharing uh, good practice, but also it's it's showing respect to your fellow students. And I think this idea of respect and building relationships in a hybrid environment is really, really important. But actually, uh, our student panel said how, how much they gained from that development of a relationship in a hybrid and face-to-face -face experience. So uh, yeah, some really, really valuable stuff. In many ways, that much more challenging to build than uh, in more conventional contexts. But uh, great that yeah. that wants to do that. Absolutely. Um, again, picking up on uh, one of uh, Ulrika's points about preparation, uh, and, and this is the same for online meetings, but particularly for hybrid contexts, is to be mindful of time zones. You know, if you're uh, if you're all in the same time zone, it's it's one thing. But if you have multiple time zones and people are mixing online and in person at the same time, you really do have to be um, more if, uh, effectively prepared uh, for something like that uh, as well. My final one as well, I think this was a point that uh, Rob made as well, was the idea that hybrid teaching and learning, he felt that it had the potential to make uh, access to uh, education, higher education, uh, more democratic. And uh, mm, that's right. Yeah. Very interesting to see uh, how that one spans out over time. Yeah, I think Ketty as well also mentioned that and how the, the experience had been transferred uh, to other areas. And a lot of our student panel are also working as well as studying, you know, whether they're flying in Helsinki or company secretary in uh, Georgia or wherever they are. Uh, we had a great cross-section and um, it, they had some very, very interesting insights uh, that I think are valuable for our audience and valuable for our academic colleagues that we work with. Yeah, I think it's going to be probably uh, for whoever listens to these episodes and the previous one, something uh, to add to either uh, the understanding or maybe an eye opener, regardless of which side of the classroom you're at. So thank you very much for listening to uh, today's episode, episode 13 of Teaching Here and There. If you have enjoyed what you have heard or if you've enjoyed any more of the series, you can reach out to us. We are at that high hybrid pod on twitter we are teaching here and there podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email if you'd be interested in featuring in a future episode we are always open to new guests and new suggestions for topics uh, as well let us know what you think of the uh, podcast so far and of course um, we're always grateful for any uh, ratings on platforms like apple podcasts uh, uh, or reviews that you're happy to add there uh, always helps other people to find the podcast too indeed we will be back later in the autumn for mm. the next episode so stay tuned so thank you very much for listening from me thank you from me and thank you from me uh, we wish you well and look forward to your company next time 
Teaching Here and There is a podcast brought to you by PSR Production. It's available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify and any web browser.